The button is red. We are recording. <laughs> <laughs> Blink and you might miss the rest of February. Hello, and welcome to the Grace of Giving podcast. We're your hosts, James Riley. And Grace Brosniewski. Gee, I don't know about you, but this month of February is certainly flying by. I know. Every year it catches me off guard. You know, January lasts for 26 weeks. February is like three days. Tomorrow's going to be Christmas. It's crazy. It is crazy. That's right. So we're, we're sending off February in style right now with our next guest. Please help us welcome to the show Regional Director in the New York Metro Region, Lauren Donahue. Welcome, Lauren. Hi. Thanks so much, James and Grace. It's excited to be here. So glad you're here. Looks like you're in Eddy Street right now. Is that right? I am, yes. Awesome. Home down the fort. How's the vibe over there today? It's pretty quiet. You know, it's a little snowy. Schools are canceled. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty mellow. <laughs> so, Lauren, tell us about your childhood. Are you originally from NYC? Sure. I am, technically. Uh, my family is all originally from New York. My dad is from the Bronx, and my mom is from Westbury in Long Island. And I was born in Queens. So we. Lived there in Flushing, specifically in Westchester, for about three years, and then moved to Maryland when I was three. And so grew up in the state of Maryland, in Walkersville, Maryland. Mike Schultz is actually from that area, went to the same high school as me, and so did his wife. So that's a fun, very random connection. Um, And then my, all of my aunts and uncles and extended family um, live still in the Long Island area. So I'm excited to head back there and kind of, you know, reconnect with my roots a bit. So no accent I, though, huh? No, I, you know, sometimes I have it on a few things, James, but I do really wonder if it'll start to pick up if I'm, you know, really yes. connecting with some people from Long Island, how I might come back and say some things with a funny accent. <laughs> we'll see. That is such a Notre Dame story about you being from the same small town as Mike Schultz. Like what are the chances of that? Yes. So Walkersville, Maryland, probably at the time that I was growing up was, I don't know, 4,000 people. Um, and Mike went to the same high school and third his wife and his par- his in-laws are still parishioners at the parish that I grew up in. And my parents are also active parishioners. So wow. very, very random. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, so Lauren, growing up, what field or industry did you think you wanted to work in? Oh, yeah, this is a fun question, Grace. Um, I actually wanted to be a mom. I have this distinct memory when I had to write something in a yearbook, I'm sure, of what I wanted to be growing up. And I wrote a mom. And there is a time for Take Your Child to Work Day. My mom um, stayed home for a good chunk of my childhood. And so I stayed home with her. And that's when I learned how to do laundry that's when I learned how to crack an egg and so I did all of these life skills with her um, and I said something I felt and still feel really called to um, but that kind of evolved and grew um, a bit more professionally I guess you could say when I was in high school and I was really involved in my church I grew up singing in my church's choir I was really involved in our youth group and I felt this desire to become a youth minister. And so that was kind of the, the industry of ministry, I guess you could say, is where I wanted to, um, to focus my time professionally. 
Nice. We we may ask you to belt out a tune here before we're done with. Oh podcast. Lord, I don't know about that, James. <laughs> newest newest Jerryophonics member, right. James. <laughs> <laughs> we just hired uh, Daisy Moore on the uh, annual giving team, and apparently she's one of the best singers in South Bend. So I think we we are building a little choir here. Ooh, that's great. <laughs> I would not take that claim. I am not one of the best singers in South Bend. That's okay. <laughs> So, Lauren, tell us about uh, your college experience. What were you involved in? All that good stuff. Yeah, my college experience was incredible, James. So I went to school at St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. um, which is about, just I'd say, 45 minutes southeast of Pittsburgh. So I know we've got a lot of Yinzers here. Tim right. Borza was just talking about that. So very familiar. Is that um, where uh, Rolling so- Rock is made? Rolling Rock, yes. Yes. Um, Mr. Rogers is from Latrobe, as well as Arnold Palmer. And the banana split, who knew? I had no idea. The banana split was invented, (sighs) I I guess you could say, in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. So studied there. Um, St. Vincent is a Catholic Benedictine institution, so connected with the Benedictine monks there. Um, I had never met a monk until I went to college. I didn't really know what that meant. Um, and I've really grown to appreciate the Benedictine spirituality and have really great um, mentors and colleagues and friends who are Benedictine monks themselves. And so I did study theology there and I went to college. I wanted to get out of Maryland, wanted to, you know, try something new. And that was a big goal for me was to be open to a lot of new things. And my first few months of college were really hard. I struggled a lot with imposter syndrome. I struggled with homesickness of finding my footing, my sea legs and a sense of connection and belonging. I didn't go to Catholic school. And so then stepping into an environment where I'm studying theology and a lot of the folks went to Catholic high school, I was just really overwhelmed. Um, My parents really encouraged me to get involved outside of the classroom and to try, you know, make connections and really give it a shot before we made any other decision about moving or transferring or what have you. And so I did. And I kind of held that mentality throughout all four years I was there and came to love St. Vincent and was just an incredible gift for me personally and educationally. But I was involved in probably everything you could be, James. I, um, ran track my first two years nice. at, the, at the college. I had never run track before. Um, and again, trying new things. And so mm-hmm. I was a sprinter. I did the 100 meter dash and the 200 meter dash. Um, I never came in last, which was my goal. I had set some PRs. I never broke 15 seconds or 30 seconds for my dash times, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, and then transitioned from that and I... Um, was kind of recruited, I guess you could say, if Jim Walters ever listens to this podcast, um, my coach, I wound up playing field hockey. And so ah. I joined the field hockey team and I col- told Coach Walters that the only time I had ever played field hockey was in eighth grade gym class. And he's <laughs> like, that's fine. And I learned and I was terrible, but I grew to really appreciate the game. My friends joked that I had the most foot fouls in the team's history, which is when you kick the ball, you know, when you're running, um, you know, that, that turns the ball over to the, the, your opponent. And I was too fast for my stick skills and <laughs> would kick the ball pretty often. So I, it was just a great environment and atmosphere to be a part of the team and just 
really, really enjoyed my time playing that sport. And then on top of that, I also was in some musicals. I sang in a rock opera, which was wild. Hey. It's called Strawberry Fields. Doesn't really have anything to do with the Beatles per se, um, but that was fascinating and a really cool experience. And then the biggest thing I was a part of was our orientation program. So working with new incoming students who are like myself as a first year student struggling to find their way in those first few months um, was something that was really passionate for me. And so was a part of that program for my sophomore year through senior year um, and even held a student director position before I graduated. So it was a great great opportunity for me to grow and to learn and to give back to a place that meant so much. Lauren, I too played field hockey, not at the college level, but I played all during high school and um, can say that I was quite bad at it, but that I enjoyed it. It's a a fun sport. Grace, I still have my stick and I gave my, I gave my field hockey balls to my dog, but um, we should hit around sometimes. That'd be fun. I would love to do a league where like nobody really cares if, you're good because like then I'm out but like if it's just a fun like yeah yeah all right Grace let's start it let's make (laughs) it happen (laughs) the the population of Latrobe Pennsylvania is 8,000 as of 2019 yeah pretty small I mean I was growing you know I went from Walkerville to Latrobe you know we're we're big in bigger cities as I go as I grew up right um so tell us a little bit about your career prior to coming to Notre Dame Yeah, I wound up staying at St. Vincent and worked in campus ministry there as the assistant director for um, student outreach. And so worked with students to have a a lasting impact on the local community. So whether that was raking leaves for those who weren't able to rake their own leaves in the area um, to we had this really awesome program that I loved called Sports Friendship Day, where we would bring in young adults or emerging adults from the local population who had a variety of different um, disabilities to come and be partnered with a buddy at the college for the day. And they would play sports together. They would make crafts. We'd have a mass together and meal together. And then the best part was karaoke. And just to see these folks light up on stage. I mean, I've never been afraid of a microphone either. And so um, that was just a blast. And so being able to coordinate something like that for people to make memories and for you know, folks to connect with others who are different from them um, was really a really cool thing to to witness and to be a part of. So I did that for about two two years. I was in grad school. Also had the pleasure of coordinating mission trips and service projects um, internationally. And so took students to Brazil. We went to World Youth Day actually when I was there um, to Rio. And then I didn't take students to China and Taiwan. Other folks did that, but then um, did take students on a religious pilgrimage to to Rome um, and to connect with some of the monastic roots there as well. So I had a really awesome experience doing that. Um, and then on the side, I was working or I was earning my master's degree in student affairs and higher education and did that at Indiana University of Pennsylvania and finished that degree. And then it was time to think of what was what was next. And then that's ultimately what led me to Notre Dame. Awesome. Hmm. It's a great story. So what was your first experience then with Notre Dame? What, what yeah. drew you here as an employee? It's a great question, James. It's one of my favorite stories to tell. So I grew up knowing nothing about Notre Dame. I'm sure my grandparents rooted for Notre Dame football being Irish Catholic, but really didn't have a connection beyond that. And 
I was kind of even before I was looking for a job, when I was in graduate school, I made this connection with this woman named Winnie. I have no idea what Winnie's last name is, but that's what I knew her as. And we would both um, frequent this coffee shop where I was studying often. And she was there kind of doing her own research or projects. I'm not really sure. Um, And Winnie one day gave me this gift and she sent it in the mail to me and she addressed it to Princess Lauren and signed the note, Winnie, your fairy godmother. Um, So she was kind of funky, you know, and she gave me these Notre Dame earrings and I had this horrible reaction that I'm embarrassed to say, but I, I wanted to give them back to her. It was like this compulsive reaction to just be like, no, I I don't need these. I would never wear them. I mean, they're ND interlocking monogram um, earrings and they're lovely, but I had no, literally no reason to wear them. And on the next time I saw her, I tried to give them back to her. And I said, Winnie, I think there's somebody else who would wear these. I I don't, I think you should give them to somebody else, which is so rude. Um, And she looked at me, she took my hand and she said, Lauren, I think in time you'll have a reason for these. And I thought she was nuts. So I just kept them and I put them in some jewelry box or dish and they collected dust. And, you know, fast forward like a year or so later, I'm looking for a job. I'm at this um, program called the Placement Exchange, which is with a part of NASA professional organization for those working in student affairs and higher ed. And I connected with a woman named Peggy Natesco. And at the time, Peggy worked in student activities here. Mm -hmm. She now runs our family resource center. And Peggy was reviewing my resume, was reviewing uh, my cover letters, and was trying to help me make some connections to get a job. And she said, you should probably be a rector. I'm like, oh, okay. At this point, I'm desperate. I need interviews. I just need to kind of get the wheel turning. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to say no. And I go through the start of the interview process kind of at that conference and then move into the phone interviews with Father Pete McCormick. And it really started to click for me that this is what I felt called to was a way to kind of use my ministry and some other things that were important to me of connecting with students um, and helping them grow. And it continued and I was offered the job and I said, yes. And so as I'm packing up my things to move, you know, halfway across the country, I come across these earrings from Winnie and I have them to this day and I wear them every game day or other sporting events. Um, and think of her often that she was right, that I, I do now have a reason for those earrings. Um, I never saw Winnie again to tell her this story. So I hope to one day to find ways to be connected. But um, yeah, so that's really what kind of brought me here. Um, and so I served as a rector in Kavanaugh and was there for four years um, and just had an incredible experience there. Um, that was my just- dorm. Yay. Was it? it was. Look at this. So many connections. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. So Kavanaugh was great. It was probably one of the hardest things I'll ever do of living with 230 women and <laughs> helping them to discover who they're called to be, who they want to be, navigating all of those things. But at the same time, was so beautiful and life-giving for me to have the privilege to accompany students in some of their greatest challenges and struggles and moments of sorrow but to also see them be triumphant and have many beautiful things to celebrate was just a great gift and continues to this day about four years later to still um, really form me and inform what I do now, but just to, you know, there's life lessons that you learn 
you know, several years later. So it was great. Man, that earring story is like a movie. It's like, I know. I'm like, wait, was Winnie really an angel? Like, what's yeah. going on? You know? like, I don't know. I do not know. Wow. I can see her face. I held her hand. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so how has your experience with development been so far? What have you sort of found the most interesting about your new role? Yeah, I have loved it. I, I The people have been great. That's always something that's important to me is to work in an environment that is encouraging and uplifting, you know, but challenging, right? Like I, I, I want to produce and give and make an impact. And so to be able to work alongside folks who have that same passion for this place in particular as I do, and, but to bring different perspectives and skill sets. And, you know, I, I'll be honest, I was unsure about this from like my background theology and I've worked with students. Um, I do not have a background in business and, you know, that is not kind of the perspective that I bring to this at, at all. Um, but I think that that's what makes this really fun and exciting for me is to connect with folks who have different skill sets and have different perspectives to help me be a better fundraiser and to connect with my benefactors. Um, but I think I can also do that for them and share with them a, a really unique insight to student life here at Notre Dame and what that experience looks like today. Hi, I'm the famous field hockey footballer, Princess Lauren. How do you go about introducing yourself to members of your portfolio? Oh, James, it would not <laughs> be like that. Oh, that's a good line. Um, I would say, really, I mean, I'm working on this now, truthfully. Sure. So, you know, people listening can certainly send me any tips or whatnot. But I think it's finding that connection, you know, similar to like us conversing now, Grace, you know, we both play field hockey, have that passion. James, we yeah. have a really beautiful connection to the same residence hall. And so finding a way that unites us as humans who have this relationship with this place and, you know, uh, what what we feel called to to give and to do in this world, I think is ultimately what that is. I think it's sharing a bit about what I why I do what I do and why I chose Notre Dame, probably telling my Winnie earring story um, is, is my goal and to find that common connection. I think I approach it very much like I would any other relationship and also even as a rector. So tell us a little about the New York Metro team. How do you guys work together and support one another? Yeah, the New York Metro team is great. We you know, have our regular meetings or sport meetings and have some of us who are here in person, some of us who are in, you know, in the region itself and meet on Zoom. Um, we've got a, you know, a really infamous text thread going where we tease Jesse Meyer about not having an iPhone. So anytime someone <laughs> likes a message, you get all of the messages that say that they like that message. So um, we, we pick on Jesse for that, but it's been really great. I think I just had my first um, leadership gifts come in, which is great. Really, the true credit goes to Jessica Bryce and uh, Matt Gelchin. But just all of the the outpouring of messages from the New York team of encouraging me in that success and the success that's to come um, has been really, really great. You know, being welcomed. I mean, we're a pretty new team, and so to to learn alongside a lot of other folks who are new too is is a great gift. Shout out to Jesse. He's a former Grace of Giving guest as well. So what motivates you, Lauren, in your work? I know for me, it's, uh, you know, waking up and knowing that we're making a difference in, in students' lives mm. in Notre Dame. What about yeah. you? Yeah. I think it's probably similar, James. I think for me, 
you know, as I was sharing before, college is hard for me. I'm a financial aid recipient. And in some ways, I'm, I sort of identify as a first gen student. And so I know the importance and the impact of an education in the formation, particularly that we offer here at Notre Dame, having seen that and been involved in that firsthand for our students is really what motivates me. I, I got into higher ed because I wanted to be at some day and you know, maybe I'm not there yet, but to be a mentor and a role model professionally for women in ways that I didn't have as a as an undergraduate student myself. And that is what's motivated me to create space for that for any of our students, but particularly when I started for women. And I know that through generous benefaction, we can continue to create those spaces, we can create those programs um, that helps students evolve and grow and be inspired to be the best version of themselves, but to also do that and to you know to kind of create that cycle of impact upon leaving Notre Dame as well. Do you have any advice for new colleagues, especially new RDs? Oh, goodness. I mean, I'm pretty new myself. <laughs> so I I think my advice really, you know, not being new to Notre Dame it would be to get in, it, to, to really learn more about what this place has to offer our students, both in regards to research opportunities, professional opportunities with internships, but really what makes this place unique, the hot, the heartbeat or the secret sauce of this place being our residential systems mm. and the communities that we form there, how students are involved in campus ministry, how they are growing in their health and wellness and kind of practicing healthy mental health habits through resources in the McDonald Center for Student Wellbeing. I mean, there's so many things from a student perspective that I think are, are key to understanding how this institution is incredibly unique in comparison to our peer institutions would be my advice. Nice. I think that's good advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, earlier, Lauren, you, you mentioned leadership development and it's particularly yeah. important to you. Can you take us through what that means to you and, and how you help others in their leadership journeys? Hmm. That's a really great question, James. I think for me personally, I, I'm intrigued by leadership development because I'm always seeking to grow and to learn and to evolve and hmm kind of just nerd out about this topic. And so I got into it really in, in college or in graduate school, I did in college, but in graduate school for sure, particularly um, the leadership challenge by Kuzis and Posner was really influential for me to think about how to engage on a team, how to be a part of a team, how to lead a team and really just to lead myself in some ways. And so I enjoy that topic for my own growth and contribution to a team but think I, I i think there's ways for all of us to focus on our skill sets and the gifts that we have and how to hone in on that i'm a huge fan of strengths quest um, and i'm definitely a very synergistic leader in that i know what i'm good at what i can contribute and want to offer that and find a team of folks who have different gifts for me to contribute that to a greater good um, you know not losing sight of the areas of growth for us but Math is never going to be my forte. Um, and so, you know, calculus, not my thing. And so that's okay. And finding other people who have more of that kind of mindset is, is helpful. So that's what it looks like for me personally. I think being on a team is something what I enjoy talking about and growing and evolving with, with people. And then certainly when I've worked with students, 
and other professional teams in the past trying to create an, a space where people can flourish um, and offer those those gifts. For those listening, uh, if you're interested, Lauren threw out a great resource. It's called The Leadership Challenge, How to Make Extraordinary Things Happen in Organizations by James Kuzis and Barry Posner. It's great. It's good. Awesome. What's the biggest lesson you've learned in your professional career so far? I think, Grace, for me, the biggest lesson I've learned is around trust. I'm a really open person. I probably trust people too quickly and have come to realize that that's not how it is for other people. I learned this really fast as a rector, and I'm trying to be really conscientious about this in this new work and working with benefactors that trust takes time and relationship building is key for that. And that looks different from person to person in trying to be mindful of the moments where I, I can be affirmed that I have gained their trust or gained, you know, the, the openness to develop that kind of trusting relationship is hard and one that I haven't perfected, but I'm really conscientious about. And I think I've learned that the hard way um, that trust is easy to, to break as well, but also really hard to build. Thinking back to Latrobe, Pennsylvania and family and all, can you tell us a little bit about your family? Yeah, I have a great family. I so I grew up in Walkersville in Maryland. I love seafood and crabs. My mom will laugh at me for saying that now as a, an adult, but I did not as a child, but I do now and I miss it. Um, so I grew up there with my dad, Kevin, and my mom, Mary Alice, and then my sister, Megan. Um, Megan and I are actually roommates. We live out here in South Bend together. She's a teacher at Schmucker Middle. So anyone listening, maybe she's had your um, children before, but she is a great gift in my life. Both of my parents and my sister are um, just a, a tremendous, tremendous gift for me. Um, and then my long-term boyfriend, Zach Infeld, is the rector of Morrissey Hall. So we have a little former rector romance. We met um, as, as rectors together and have been together about five and a half years. And so he is a great gift to me and so is his family um, and so I'm just really blessed and have found that a lot of good, good things in my life kind of have a flowing connection from this place. That's great. And you mentioned you had a, a dog, right? Yeah, I do. Zach and I adopted a dog last spring. So almost a full year ago, I'm about a month away in March. His name is Elmer. His full name is Elmer T. Lee after the master distiller of Buffalo Trace Distilling. He is a Kentucky-born dog and was rescued there. He was surrendered, and Heartland Animal Shelter here in Mishawaka went and rescued him, and he lived in a foster care home for a bit, and then we adopted him. So Elmer's been through a lot in his year and a half of life before we had him. He just turned two in October, um, and he is wild. He's beautiful and super loving, but we are working on his confidence building and his reactivity a bit. So nice. I have now become a pretty avid dog trainer. So anyone without resources, send them my way. <laughs> I visited the, I was, uh, oh, go on, James. The, the Buffalo Trace Distillery back in 2019. A few of us from development went because we played Louisville uh, that year. And we had all so fun. Yeah, it was great. It's great great trip. Too funny. Um, so you mentioned, you know, you have something in common with our last guest, Kim Borza Donaldson, where you uh, kind of spent time in the Pittsburgh area, but you also have something else in common with her. You're a tennis player. Um, I so, am. Yeah. Can you tell us a little about that and um, sort of what else you enjoy outside of work? 
Sure. So uh, I do play tennis. I got into tennis because of Megan, my sister. So she played division three in college and we picked that up together, you know, when I was in grad school. And then when I moved out here and was kind of transitioning, even after being a rector into my previous job of other things in student affairs, I needed a hobby. And so I picked up tennis. I joined a USTA league in out of Morris Park. I never really played a full match before. I didn't even know how to keep score. Um, <laughs> so I played that and I've really grown to love it. I am not as good as Tim is at all. I'm ranked 2.5 um, and that's the lowest you can be ranked. And so I just do it for fun. It's a great way to connect with people. I've met a lot of friends in this area. Um, it sounds like a lot of folks in development play, so we might have to get a little mm -hmm. tournament going. Yeah, but, we could definitely uh, get a little league. Yeah, so I, that's been a really great gift and outlet for me. I also like to garden. I just joined the gardening club that development has to offer. So um, that's been fun for me too, kind of a pandemic hobby. And then I like to read. So my sister and I started a virtual book club in the middle of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And we have kind of really let that fall through the cracks. So really enjoy reading and talking about that with each other. Um, we also like to play video games sometimes, which is pretty a wild fact. Um, and so I have an Xbox and we'll play that together if you're there. Um, and then walking my dog, trying to be active with little Elmer Keith. <laughs> Sorry if I gave the answer to this away earlier, but you mentioned reading. Is there a book or author uh, who has helped or had a big impact on you and your, your worldview? Yeah, I think there are so many games, I think, even in this political and social climate that have helped me to just sort of be more conscientious about my upbringing and what I have to offer and ways that I can continue to grow and learn. But a book that stands out the most to me that's helped me kind of in a variety of different seasons of my life is The Gift from the Sea by Anne Morrow Lindbergh. It's a book that I have turned to in many moments of my life. I love the water, I love the ocean, and she uses seashells as imagery and just sort of the idea of the ocean kind of being a, a form of healing in some ways is really powerful for me. So that's, a, that's probably a classic. Great. Interesting. The, the Gift of the Sea? Yeah, Gift from the Sea. Gift from the Sea, okay. Have to check that one out. So what's one thing, personal or professional, that you're really looking forward to this year? Hmm. Well, hopefully I'm going to bring in some more leadership gifts here professionally <laughs> hey. in the next year. But I would say, personally, I think trying to be more grounded and to be open to you know, being, being open to evolving, I think is kind of my word for the year. If you, will, if you want to have a, mm -hmm. uh, a word for the new year um, is evolve. And so being open to that, being open to new adventures and, you know, hopefully getting to travel, obviously more to New York, but in other ways here personally. Um, yeah. So nothing too tangible, Grace, but I think just kind of a, a sense of openness. Well, Lauren, we're nearly at the end of our time together. It goes so quickly. Uh, it does. We've got a quick take five for you before we say goodbye. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Favorite cocktail? Well, right now it's a winter painkiller, so that's a mm. riff on the classic 
painkiller cocktail. So I'm using blood orange, like a fresh blood orange because it's in season yeah. with orgeat or orja, however you want to say it. Um, that substitutes for the pineapple and the coconut. And with a little fresh grated nutmeg on top, wow. quite good. Wow. <laughs> I need to think We're on that for a minute. Yeah, we... <laughs> okay. Uh, best gift best gift you ever gave? Oh, the best gift I ever gave, I think it's probably one to my parents and, and maybe even my grandparents too, is through song. So a few years ago, Rector's and I, um, we recorded a Christmas album that's kind of cheesy, but it's funny. And I gave it to my parents. Uh, my mom always wants me to sing and I'm a little bashful about it. So I gave that to her for Christmas and surprised them with that. Mm. And then at my grandparents' funerals, um, I sung the the math parts. And, and so Ave Maria and other things for them has been a good gift, I think. And a gift even for myself. Oh, that's lovely. City you'd like to visit. Mm, I really, really want to go to Charleston, South Carolina. Ooh, me too. Yes. <laughs> Sounds fun. Go-to song to sing in the car. Oh, so many things. I mean, <laughs> T-Pain is for sure a, Come on. a guy. I, I, that's kind of a guilty pleasure. Um, anything by Adele. Like power ballads, right? I, I, any, I, yeah, a specific song. I'm going to go with Girl on Fire by Alicia Keys. That's my go-to. Nice. Nice. T-Pain doesn't have to be a good guilty pleasure. He's... No, yeah, yeah. He's pretty good. Pretty good. Best love song. That's a jam. <laughs> Favorite holiday. I really like the 4th of July. I mm. love sparklers and barbecue. Any, like, good pulled pork or hamburgers. And it's summer. So the 4th yes. of July is pretty up there for me. It's fairly random, but I kind of love the ambiance. <laughs> well, that's all from us, Lauren. Thank you so much for joining us today. We had such a great time talking with you today. Thank, Thank you. you it's such a pleasure. Absolutely. Well, James, I think we may need to institute some sort of cocktails and colleagues event going Ooh. forward. Get some of that winter painkiller. Yeah. Well. I'm in. I am <laughs> in. I like the sound of that, G. Let's do it. Yes, and of course we can play some tunes like the following. Love it, G. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Grace of Giving podcast. I'm James Riley. And I'm Grace Prasniewski. And this has been the Grace of Giving. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, stay, stay golden. golden.